0: Hey friends, I am so glad that you're here. Pastor Daniel here. We're excited about this new worship series simply called Which Way Is Up? in which we're going to try to acknowledge and own that we have got mental health issues across the globe, certainly in our country, in our families, in our workplaces, and we want to recognize that and also offer help and hope. And so over these next several weeks throughout the month of May, we're going to be doing that, and I'm very excited about the ways in which we will help you and help our community better discover the help and the hope that God has to offer. If you're with us, I sure want to encourage you to sign in. If you're on our streaming platforms or on Facebook, if you'll use this app, it's great. You just tap on check-in and you can check in. That'd be great. If you're on the website, uh, just the click is right there. And we'd sure love to know you're with us. This helps us not only to know that you're here, but it helps us connect with you to better develop relationships with you and to help us all together grow in a relationship with Jesus. And so I hope that you'll do that. Know that on the app, you can also follow along with the message notes, which will be many of this morning and the opportunities we have to grow in scripture as well. I wanna share with you about my friend, Bobby. Bobby and her husband, Don were amazing folks that I encountered uh, several years ago at a church that I served. Bobby was so sweet, so gentle. Uh, she was a sweet, sweet spirit. She um, helped on so many levels. Whenever the church was open, Bobby and Dawn were there. Uh, she had an amazing way with scripture. Uh, she could lay out a scripture for you at just almost at any moment, but it was not um, the kind of way that might make you feel weird or awkward or somehow insufficient. It was always a help. It was always gentle. It was always a gift. I love Bobby. She helped me on so many different uh, occasions and just encouraged me and lifted me up. Uh, she was actually an unpaid staff member at a church that I served. We had an amazing uh, system there at that particular church where our office was completely staffed by volunteers, and Bobby was one of them. And they all did wonderful work, they all did amazing jobs. Uh, I was tremendously blessed as the pastor to have them help guide me and encourage me in my work. But Bobby, just always, when she came into the room, you felt the Spirit of God. You felt uh, the transforming love of Jesus Christ just by her presence. And certainly when she shared with you, talked with you, you just felt like she was gonna envelop you with God's love. What I also need to share with you about Bobby is she suffered from debilitating depression. Not only was she clinically diagnosed, but she was uh, on medication for it. And what I realized about Bobby then and certainly cherish now is Bobby is more normal and typical than many th- folks we would ever encounter. As I shared with you, she changed my life. She had a powerful impact on who I was. And here's my reality, just like my assumption is it's your reality. We all know somebody like Bobby. Maybe it's ourselves, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, but my hunch is we've got a Bobby in our lives and they help us to better understand and to better recognize that depression and anxiety, other forms of mental illness are real. Many of you know, uh, in my own family, my sister suffered from debilitating depression and anxiety, so much so that uh, she eventually took her own life. It was a tragedy in our family and certainly among anyone who knew her. I have several other family members who deal with diagnosed um, clinical mental illness issues. And so I recognize that this is clearly a part of who we are, that it's a part of our lives and a part of our world. And so a part of our goal over these next several weeks and this series called, Which Way Is Up? We wanna recognize that this is true, that it's real. Today, we're going to talk about depression and anxiety. Over the next several weeks, we're also going to address worry and stress, isolation and loneliness, as well as burnout, and just the the sense in which some of us may find ourselves uh, throughout COVID having this whole sense of burnout, and we want to address that as well. But you know, mental health impacts every last one of us. I want to share with you just a few statistics from the National Alliance on Mental Illness, otherwise known as NAMI, and it's a great website, nami.org, and it has some fascinating statistics that I think we ought to be aware of that I simply want to share a few with you. Did you know that one in five adults suffer from mental illness? That's 20% of everybody we may know. That 70% of all youth in detention suffer from mental illness, likely the reason they got incarcerated was because of struggles dealing with their mental illness issues. Did you know that 50% of all those diagnosed with mental health issues are diagnosed by the age of 14? What that means is we begin to recognize there's a problem or an issue even in young adolescents and we can diagnose that and that can be tremendously helpful. One of the most uh, dire statistics that I'm aware of is that 90% of suicides uh, suffer from mental illness. That means that nine out of 10 people who take their own lives were suffering from mental illness and it's likely the reason they took their lives. And then finally, the number two killer among uh, ages 10 to 34 is suicide. What that tells us, friends, is this is literally on an epidemic level. That is to say, we face it all the time. It is real and we need to address that. It's been exacerbated by the pandemic. Uh, Many folks who have mental health issues are really struggling more now than ever. So are their family members, their work colleagues, and we want to help identify that that's not only real, but that we have some suggestions, some helps, some ways forward. And so that's what we want to talk about. We need to talk, friends. We need to realize this is not only real, but it has impact on who we are, our relationships, and our world. And what we want to offer is help and hope. Sometimes we get afraid to talk. Sometimes we're fearful of what people may think or say. In fact, those who suffer from depression and anxiety often struggle with both revealing it and realizing it for themselves. One of the helps we're going to offer over the next many weeks is uh, what we're calling a virtual roundtable. And the virtual roundtable for this coming week was, of course, about anxiety and depression. One of the members of that roundtable is Justin. Justin is uh, working at a church currently, he's an author, he runs a nonprofit, and he's currently a PhD candidate as well. Justin is a phenomenal young man and he wants to share with you just a brief story of how he moved from the shame of his uh, depression and anxiety to claiming it, revealing it and sharing the realities of it and how freeing that was. I wanna encourage you to watch his story here just for a moment.
1: Definitely there was the, the shame aspect when I was in high school. Um, and, and my experience was different. I was an athlete. I was, I won't say I was popular, but, you know, I was enough with the in crowd and whatever. But I, I, I don't think I ever let anyone know that I was going to counseling and that I was taking meds and that, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and and I also had some OD, OCD tendencies. I remember I would sit on the, the the bench sometimes when I was playing basketball, and there was this prayer. I just felt I had to pray over and over again. Or I felt like somebody, you know, uh, something bad was going to happen to somebody I loved. But when I went through this this most recent um, big episode, I decided from day one of that that this was not going to be shameful. That I was going to be open about it, and and other folks, um, one of the pastors here, Nick has has seen my Facebook thread. I talk about this constantly, um, and I just decided this is not significantly different than having cancer or heart disease or whatever other thing it might be. Um, except that the human brain's way more complicated, and so there's a lot of confusion around it. But I decided I'm just going to. Every step of my journey, good and bad, I'm going to document so that other people who feel shame can see that I'm refusing that now. And, and I haven't felt shame really in the last three years in the way that I had prior, partly because, like I said, I just made that decision up front that I was going to be as honest as I could about that.
0: I was so pleased to get to know Justin and grateful for his presence among us and for his sharing this powerful opportunity to recognize we can claim this reality and we can offer hope and help. I want to talk at a sort of 100,000 foot level real quick about anxiety and depression to help us better understand because sometimes we get confused or overwhelmed by what it means or what it is. And so uh, without a real definition, but just a a basic understanding, let me describe the difference between anxiety and depression. Anxiety heightens our fears. In other words, when we struggle with something or we're we're not quite uh, able to face something, our fears just go up the Richter scale if we have anxiety. On the other hand, depression reduces our capacity. If we suffer from depression, it reduces our ability to work, uh, to read, to get things done, to coordinate, to schedule, to organize. And so if we, if we have fears that are uh, strong, it might be anxiety. If we can't seem to get things done, it's possible that we're suffering from depression. What I want to also acknowledge is we will not deal with the clinically diagnosed. We can't do that during worship. Uh, The folks who are in our virtual roundtable and our podcasts will be talking about that. So I want to encourage you to follow those in the days that lie ahead. Our goal during worship is to simply offer some help and some hope for those of us who may be going through episodes of depression and anxiety or dealing with it on a more ongoing basis but not necessarily diagnosed. As we begin, I want to just share a couple of things as well. Um, I I want us to know that hope is a fascinating gift and hope is what carries us through. But we need to know something about hope. Here's what I uh, try to describe with regard to hope. Hope doesn't mean that the darkness is gone, whatever that issue is or whatever we're facing. Hope does not mean that the darkness is gone, but rather that there is some light at the end of that darkness. And what we want to own is that our hope in Christ, that our hope in God offers us that light and recognizes that even though the depression or the anxiety is clearly real and impacting who we are, there is a light at the end of that tunnel. And that is the hope that we want to offer you or your family or your friends in these days. Also want to lift up kind of a personal story that I want to share that uh, I'm going to offer as a metaphor, not only for today, but for the rest of this series. You may have had this experience as well when you were a young child. When I was a kid, uh, three, four, five, six, maybe even eight years old, when I was upset or sick or I got hurt or sometimes was just listless and could not sleep, my mother did this one thing. She would have me sit in her lap on the couch and she would gently caress the hair on my head. Now, I know that it's hard to comprehend that with no hair on my head right now, but she would literally right here rub her fingers across the top of my ear and comb my hair backwards, and it was a soothing, comforting way to help me. Now, I I knew then and I clearly know today that my mom was not trying to solve my issue. She was not trying to cure whatever the ill was, whatever the thing that was causing me harm or ill or or disturbing. She was simply trying to bring comfort and hope to let me know she was there, to let me realize that I had somebody in this thing with me. And as she gently caressed my ear and my hair, it did that. It brought comfort AND A SIMPLE SENSE OF HEALING AND A GRAND SENSE THAT I WAS NOT ALONE. FRIENDS, I BET YOU'VE HAD THAT EXPERIENCE. AND I WANT TO ENCOURAGE YOU TO VISUALIZE THAT AND PERHAPS EVEN SORT OF PHYSICALLY REMEMBER WHAT THAT SENSE OF COMFORT AND HOPE WAS ALL ABOUT. NOW I WANT TO READ A PSALM. IT'S THE 23rd PSALM. IT'S OFTEN READ AT FUNERALS AND IT'S OFTEN READ TO BRING HOPE AND COMFORT THAT IS CLEARLY APPROPRIATE, BUT I ALSO WANT TO SAY HOW APPROPRIATE IT IS FOR US TO READ THIS PSALM NOW TO REMIND US OF THE HELP AND THE HOPE THAT GOD OFFERS US. LISTEN AS KING DAVID WRITES THIS POWERFUL PSALM THAT HELPS BRING COMFORT AND HOPE. THE LORD IS MY SHEPHERD, I SHALL NOT WANT. HE MAKES ME TO LIE DOWN IN GREEN PASTURES. HE LEADS ME beside STILL WATERS. HE RESTORES MY SOUL. HE LEADS ME IN RIGHT PATHS FOR HIS NAME'S SAKE. EVEN THOUGH I WALK THROUGH THE DARKEST VALLEY, I FEAR NO EVIL. FOR YOU ARE WITH ME, YOUR ROD AND YOUR STAFF. THEY COMFORT ME. YOU PREPARE A TABLE BEFORE ME IN THE PRESENCE OF MY ENEMIES. YOU ANOINT MY HEAD WITH OIL. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Friends, if you or someone you know suffers from depression or anxiety, a part of what you realize is that they struggle with finding peace and serenity, with discovering strength or even life itself. Friends, people who suffer from anxiety and depression, really, they they can't find peace. It's like their soul is in turmoil. Their serenity is not even a concept that they can reckon with. They feel weak all the time, and they feel as though life is completely listless and useless sometimes. And when I reflect on that, I hear the words of David when He talks about the green rolling pasture, when He talks about the gentle streams, when He discusses and shares with us the presence of a shepherd who guides and directs and who leads and who comforts the sheep. You know, the shepherds do, did and do amazing things for their sheep. They give them all kinds of assurance. They feed them, they nurture them, they direct them, they save them when they fall. They do all kinds of things, and our God can do that for you. Our God can gently help us know that there is life, that there is hope, and that there's a gift beyond where I find myself now, whether in my anxiety or in my depression. You may also know that if folks suffer from anxiety and depression, they often, more so than any of us, live in darkness and despair. AND SOMETIMES EVEN DEATH. AND YOU MIGHT KNOW THAT WHEN THEY FIND THEMSELVES IN THOSE DARK PLACES OR THOSE DESPERATE CIRCUMSTANCES, THEY FEEL LOST. THEY FEEL AS THOUGH THERE'S NO FUTURE. AND THEN I HEAR THE POWERFUL WORDS OF VERSE 4 OF THIS PSALM WHERE IT SAYS QUITE BOLDLY, EVEN THOUGH I WALK THROUGH THE DARKEST VALLEYS, I take note of something there. It does not say there are no dark valleys or God prevents the dark valleys or God will help us avoid the dark valleys. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valleys. In other words, it acknowledges that there is sometimes darkness in our lives, that there is sometimes despair in our lives. That's the bad news. But the good news comes right on the heels where it says, for you, God, which is intimated, You are with me. You give me a rod that helps me and strengthens me. You, God, are with me. And there's a powerful beauty in that passage. It helps us to know we're not alone. It helps us to feel that gentle uh, rubbing of the ear over the hair that reminds us that God is there, that God can help, that God will give us comfort. A scholar shared this with me. I'd never witnessed this before. Verse 4 is not exactly the very center of this text. There are only six verses, but the phrase, you are with me, is literally at the heart of the whole psalm. It's literally right in the middle. If you read it in its original language of Hebrew, there are exactly 26 Hebrew words before that phrase, and there are exactly 26 Hebrew words after that phrase. You are with me. It stands at the heart of the message, friends. The good news is even in that dark valley you may be experiencing with depression or anxiety, God is there and God wants to help and God wants to lift you up and God wants to encourage you in the midst of the dark valley. Well, you may also know for our friends or family members who suffer from anxiety and depression that they often feel lonely, weak, um, even sort of in a cycle of scarcity that, that golly, things can't work out and, and there is no hope and I, I feel like there's no way forward. The sense of scarcity can be overwhelming for someone in depression and anxiety. And then I hear David's last verse of Psalm 23 surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And at first when I read that, I sense, golly, God is coming with me and God is following me with this goodness and this mercy that I desperately need. But we need more than that. And thankfully, the original language of Hebrew offers us for the word that we translate as follow in the English, that Hebrew word is "radaf." And redolf literally means to chase after, to pursue. It's much more, you see, than follow. Follow feels quite passive to me. Follow feels like you're coming after me. But man, chasing and pursuing, God relentlessly chases after us and wants us to experience the fullness of that banquet table that David describes, to feel the abundance of what God can offer us. Friends, I want you to hear this, I want you to know this, God is relentlessly chasing after you, pursuing you in order to offer you hope and care and goodness and mercy. I hope that you sense that, I hope that you feel that in the midst of your anxiety and your despair. Friends, I know that for those of us who may face depression or anxiety, we often feel as though it's literally sort of debilitating, and, and I feel as though I can do nothing. What I want to say to you is there's help, there's hope, and that you need to rely on others, that you need to turn towards others, and certainly that we need as best we can to rely on God. I love the way First Peter put it in his fifth chapter, he literally just said, Cast your anxiety on God because God cares for you. I need you to hear that. I want you to know that God cares for you. And therefore, we can offer our anxiety into God's hands. We can pour our anxiety over to God to recognize God's strength and God's healing hope. I love the way Paul put it when he wrote to the church at Philippi, he said uh, he would often say, just pray and connect, make this connection with God. And in the fourth chapter, he implores the Philippians to pray to God, to thank God, to, to find God. And he ultimately says in verse seven, and when you do the peace of God that passes all understanding will beguard guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, this is the hope God has to offer. This is the desire of God's heart, that we reach out, that we seek some sustenance from God in the midst of our anxiety and our depression. Friends, I know that God can help. I want you to trust and believe that that's true. I also want to remind you that every day, other than Friday and Saturday, we are offering other opportunities to strengthen and renew you. On Mondays every single week throughout May, we're offering what we're calling Mindfulness Mondays, where we're offering mindfulness practices that can help you find peace and serenity and wholeness. On Tuesdays, we're offering what we're calling virtual roundtables, where we uh, collect folks together who are literally suffering from any number of these things that we're going to be talking about over the next many weeks, and they come together to share their stories, to offer their help and their hope as well. Then on Wednesdays we have podcasts that will take those people's stories and broaden them out even further so that you can get to know them and the realities of their life and their stories and hear the help and hope that they have to offer as well. And then on Thursdays, uh, at least the first three, we're offering what we call Looking Up. It's the only on-site, on-campus event that we're going to offer, and and it's literally going to take our values of biblical relevance, radical love, and servant ministry and help apply them to how they are relevant to mental health issues. To get any of this or to discover any of this information, you can simply go to our website, tmumc.org wellness. It'll all be described there. It'll all be helpful for you there. That's where you can find all of the information and the podcast as well. You can also find the virtual roundtables anywhere we're streaming. So wherever you're watching us right now, that's where you can find a virtual roundtable on Tuesdays. VERY QUICKLY, LET ME JUST OFFER SOME SIMPLE TOOLS THAT I THINK CAN HELP YOU AS WELL IN ADDITION TO GOD'S HOPE AND COMFORT AND PEACE. JUST SOME SIMPLE TOOLS THAT I THINK WILL GUIDE YOU IN THE DAYS THAT LIE AHEAD. AS YOU FACE ANXIETY AND DEPRESSION, LET ME JUST SUGGEST YOU DO A COUPLE of THINGS. ONE IS STAY CONNECTED TO PEOPLE. RELATIONSHIPS MAKE US STRONG AND THEY HELP ENCOURAGE US IN WHAT WE DO. ALSO STAY ACTIVE. Man, get some exercise, even if it's as simple as walking uh, or just going outside to get active can be tremendously helpful. The third thing I would recommend is to eat well. Uh, Man, I know we've got all kinds of diets that we know we shouldn't be eating, but lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of grains, some protein, some dairy, just make sure it's a broad diet and that it's healthy for you, it helps tremendously. Uh, Fourth, seek help. Friends, none of us can do this by ourselves, whether that's a professional counselor or a great friend. Seek out some help. We all need it, no matter who we are or what our circumstances. The next is simply help others. Man, there's nothing like sort of focusing my attention elsewhere to help take my mind and sometimes my stress off of my anxiety or my depression. If I can help other people, it not only helps them, it helps me too. And so I wanna encourage you to do that. And then finally, do some soul care, friends. Read some scripture pray to God, meditate, find some solitude, practice some things that help connect you to God so that you can find that strength. Friends, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that we can talk about these issues. I want you to know that whether you've got anxiety or depression or know somebody who does, that we can take strength and comfort from God knowing God, you are with us and to recognize that God relentlessly pursues us with great goodness and mercy and steadfast love. Friends, may that be your gift this day and the next as you seek the help and the hope that God has to offer. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, thank you for the gift of Christ, for His love that is beyond compare, for His grace that washes over us, for His mercy which is never ending. God, help those of us who are facing anxiety and depression to rely on You, to lean on You, to cast our anxiety over to You because You care. Help us, Lord, to have the courage to rely on You. God, this is our prayer, and we lift it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. FRIENDS, LET ME JUST THANK YOU FOR YOUR AMAZING GENEROSITY, FOR THE POWERFUL WAYS YOU ARE MAKING MINISTRY POSSIBLE, NOT THE LEAST OF WHICH IS THE WHICH WAY IS UP SERIES THAT IS OFFERING HELP AND HOPE TO A HURTING WORLD. IF YOU'D LIKE TO MAKE A DONATION TODAY, TOMORROW, OR THE NEXT DAY, YOU CAN ALWAYS TEXT THE LETTERS T-M-U-M-C TO THE NUMBER 45777, OR OF COURSE YOU CAN ALWAYS GO TO OUR WEBSITE, tmumcorg GIVE, WHERE YOU CAN SCHEDULE YOUR GIVING, OR YOU CAN GIVE ONE TIME. WHATEVER YOU GIVE, IT MAKES A DIFFERENCE. Thanks so much.